a disaster podcast about disasters and the music they make us listen to. I'm Peter, and I'm here with my co-host. I am Lee. Awesome. And today, we're talking about the Bomber Blitz in New York City. Oh, man. Last week, we were talking about, well, last not last week, but last episode, we talked about ancient Greece. Today, we're moving forward a little bit to 1945. Hey. New York City. New York City. Yeah. During the Second World War. Still. During the so. last... Gasp of the World War II. That's right. That's right. Actually, it's surprisingly close to it, but we'll we'll get to that in a second. All right. So went out with a bang, did it? Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, oh, I get this show. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to start off by talking about the flight of Old John Feather Merchant. <laughs> great, great name. That's to start. They just named their bombers weird things. Yeah. I guess like... Enola Gay? Yeah. Which I guess was... <laughs> was that someone's mom's name or something? Oh, I don't know the, the story it was like, behind it. Was, it. There's, there is a name that was that, which I guess sure. spins off into a conversation about names in the 40s being weird. Or maybe people being a little more mature back then. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Like not being like, Enola Gay? <laughs> uh, yeah. We've come a long way. We sure have. So anyway, old John Feather Merchant. So, Old John Feather Merchant was a B-25 Mitchell medium-sized bomber. All right. So, flew a ton of missions in the Second World War. They were introduced in the 1940s. They mostly flew in the uh, Asia-Pacific conflict. Okay. Um, they've got like a nose... They're like the bombers that have like... They had a nose turret and a tail turret and sure. a turret on top. Sure, sure. It wasn't quite as big as like the Lancaster, if okay. you... Remember what that one looked like? That had a few more it. turns. It's a little bit bigger. I think in terms of weight, it was like twice, almost twice the size. This one's about 11,000 kilograms, which um, I looked up and that's about the size of like a school bus in terms of weight. Okay. I'm not sure if that's full of children or not full of children. <laughs> <laughs> For the sake of imagery, I'll say not full of we'll children. Not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's what we're talking about. B-25 Mitchell Bomber. Um, and what's happening today was specifically on July 28th, 1945. Okay. So when I say close to the end of the second world war, obviously nobody really knew it was close to the end. Right. But for context, um, the bomb was dropped on Hiroshima on August 6th. Okay. And Nagasaki August 9th. So we're like right near the end. Considered the official pretty sort much. of end of the Like sixth, they still didn't give up. And then ninth, uh, Japan was like, can't keep doing this. So, right. Because Japan hung in there a little longer than Germany, did they not? They did, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was like months. Yeah, because the Pacific was messy, and uh, I I would get the timing wrong, because I, I, yeah, but they hung in a little bit longer. Right. It was a bloody conflict, and they had actually, I remember, uh, they, Japan, like, declared that they would fight to the last man, essentially. Okay. Like, bring it on, every last Japanese person is going to fight until we're all dead. <laughs> so I'm sure the general Japanese public were... Thrilled about that. Yeah, right. That. Can you? Uh, <laughs> um, uh, no, not all of us. No, no. Not all, <laughs> but either way, like the U.S. shut that down. All right. That's not what we're talking about today, but that's for context. Mm -hmm. Like we're we're mm -hmm. talking 28th July. We're like weeks away from uh, the war coming into like a and the war end. started 39. 39. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So long. It's a long time. I'm sure we'll have other stories that happen in that time frame, but uh, this yeah. one's kind of like a little. Standout. Right. Um, so, Old John Feather Merchant on this case was piloted by Lieutenant Colonel William F. Smith. Okay. Um, 27 years old. He was a decorated veteran. He had two years of combat service. And later on, I've got a little sidebar 
about just like to expand on what combat experience means, not his specifically, but just okay. to give you an idea of like people in this time. Okay. Um, and so he was flying from Bedford, Massachusetts to Newark, New Jersey, mm-hmm. Newark airport. Okay. And he had, he just had two passengers. He had a staff sergeant, uh, and a young sailor. It was basically like a routine flight. I guess he was just like transporting the bomber from one place to another. And people were like, Hey, can I get a ride? Right. That kind of thing. Okay. <clears throat> So that's, that's kind of the, that's the, that's a context, basically. Gotcha. Immediately trouble brewing, mm-hmm. obviously. We know the title of the podcast. Yeah. It's not going to be good. <laughs> so let's talk about the weather. Let's talk weather. Let's talk weather. Surface fog. Okay. So basically like when he, when he was taken off already, like low visibility, foggy conditions, mm. not, not fantastic. That's nothing to Captain Smith. Though. No, well. No, it is not. Nah. To a 27-year-old combat veteran. <laughs> yeah. Think back to when we were 27. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I got this. No problem. Uh, drizzle. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, drizzle by itself, surface fog by itself, already a problem. We got those two together. Okay. Low cloud ceiling, 200 okay. meters. So 700 feet, 200-meter cloud ceiling. It's pretty low. So you're flying uh, blind. Pretty much. It's like instrument flying conditions. In the 40s. And I think uh, visibility, it said visibility about five kilometers, which I guess when you're flying is not that much. Right. Oh, like, plenty. Oh, wait, you're, no. Yeah. Probably not, sucks. Yeah, <laughs> not when you're flying fast. And <laughs> yeah. even then, like visibility five kilometers, that's probably like visibility through fog drizzle in a low cloud uh-huh. So like you can see something, but it's like shapes. Shapes and, and glare from yeah. whatever lights you got. So like one of these is a problem on its own in open sky. But this guy's flying from Boston to Newark. So there's like, there's things in the way. Uh You're not like flying over the Atlantic where like if you get turned around, not too much in the way. No. So anyway, so as he's flying, uh, LaGuardia Airport in New York City, he's he's advised by the control tower in LaGuardia that he should land because, you know, the conditions are crappy. And the sooner you can get put down, the better because you're flying past... A yes. major city. Come into this <laughs> metropolis with your giant school bus plane. Yeah. <laughs> Godspeed. Yeah. Good luck. Please don't. Yeah. Screw it. Exactly. <laughs> so, like, just, just land before it gets worse, is what they're saying. And you, it, yeah. you fool. Exactly. <laughs> but, I mean, Smith was so close to Newark. He's like, ah, I can, I can do I'll this. get there. Right? Hop, like, skip, and a jump. You're driving your car and it's like raining, and you're like, ah, I can make it one more exit. Sure. Why would I stop now? <laughs> you're so close. Yeah. Like, it's uh, like you, you get it, but it's like not a. You're <laughs> flying, man, and you're flying in the forty-five. You're not flying with GPS, and like, this is still like you got a compass in your wits, basically. And you have like you have you have uh, like instruments that tell you your altitude, and like I think sure. you, you probably have like whether you're level or not. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you don't have like global positioning. You don't have people in control towers with like their radar telling oh, yeah. you where to go. So, yeah, God knows what they had in the. Yeah. Control tower. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, it'd be like... Some spit and some gum. Yeah. I'm, I'm ch- and some gumption. Basically. <laughs> this is 45 during the war. That's right. If you're 27 and 45 and you're a two-year combat veteran, you don't have too many concerns. No. So, um, basically, they contacted him one more time. Okay. After, you know, him thinking that he'll just keep moving. All right. And they basically warned him that the clouds are so low that they're obscuring a certain iconic New York City landmark. Oh, really? The Empire State Building. Oh, boy. So, 
a little bit about the Empire State Building. <laughs> so it was, uh, this is kind of interesting because I didn't really know anything about it. And there's a stat in here that blows my mind to read it. Okay. So it was built on the site of the former Waldorf Astoria. That's not what blew my mind, but it's kind of, <laughs> that's neat. If anybody ever asks it's you in trivia. It's a hotel, I think. Yeah. Okay. What? Or at least it used to be. I, guess. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they moved it. Eh, whatever. We're not talking about the Waldorf. No, We're talking about the Empire State Building. <laughs> so construction <clears throat> began in 29 when they started de- de- demolishing the hotel. But like when they started like laying foundations and building in 1930, mm. and they finished it in 1931, 13 months. That's impressive. Yeah, it's pretty tall. It's pretty, uh, uh, it's 300 380 meters tall. Good lord! So 100, 1250 feet, 102 stories. How many casualties during uh, the building? I'm sh- I know we'll, you have that stat. We'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> I know you're looking at we'll, that right now. We'll get there. Okay. And it's it's actually impressive for some reasons. Yeah. Anyway, we'll 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 get there. Because men were men. <laughs> men were men. Just kidding. Uh, right. So built in thirty completed in thirty what thirteen months of work. That's a pace of four and a half floors a week. Oh my God. So I don't know if that is incredible. I'm going to be really bold and talk about construction in Ottawa, because <laughs> you know nobody Why? talks about that. No, that's uh, you keep but pretty shush about that. They built 102 stories in 13 months. Wow! And how long does it take them to like build a bridge in Ottawa? Well, and, I don't or know, maybe I'm, <laughs> I'm watching the uh, what is to be the tallest building in Ottawa be constructed before my eyes on my street every day and it's I don't think it's what did you say four floors a month uh four no four and a half a week it's definitely not that it is not that that (laughs) it will be done by now that building yeah like Preston and Carling yeah that has been it's not not at a standstill but no it's moving but it's been moving since like 2013 uh it's been a couple years at least that they've been been working but you know maybe I'm sure construction's come a long way since. Yeah, when I read that stat, I was thinking like <laughs> health and safety standards, yeah. and like you get pictures. You don't get pictures of people eating lunch on on girders <laughs> anymore. In their in their undershirt and <laughs> exactly. little newsy caps. Yeah, yeah. So maybe different standards. <laughs> yeah, and I guess Probably I didn't actually. Better. I didn't look up stats on like how many people died while it was being built, oh, okay. which might be a whole disaster I'm on its so own. I'm so disappointed in you. Ugh. <laughs> I tried to resist the temptation of going beyond the book. There's a couple Just as much death and despair <laughs> yeah. as you can muster in a one. There's a couple podcast. spots that I cheated this time. I told you that like I, I did a little bit of extra research, right? Like the weight of a school bus and some stuff later on. Yeah, but anyway, <laughs> so go. 380 meters tall. Okay. Uh, technically, it goes to 443 meters because it has like a spire at the top. It's got that. Yeah, yeah. If you refer to your visual aid, I've got a Lego set here. It's like the We're architecture at one. A, a Lego architecture so, set of New York City. Yeah, actually, the back is even better. Oh, there you go. You got there's the Empire State Building, Empire State and then building. you've got that spire at the top. There's the spire. Yeah. 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 yeah so yeah, yeah. it goes with the spire. It's 443 meters. All right. Uh, and the spire, I always kind of wondered about it, and I'm like, why is that just like? to technically become the tallest. In the case of the Empire State Building, uh, it was intended to be used as a station for airships. Okay. Yeah. Which, so it's an uh, antenna or is it sort of a visual? It's like, like they would, uh, like that's where they would anchor and then people would disembark onto the Empire oh, State wow. Building. Oh, wow. Yeah. You're kidding. Yeah. That is cool. <laughs> to be fair, that's airships. Steampunk. It, 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 exactly. <laughs> I don't know if you watched Fringe, the TV show, no. but in the alternate dimension, like they still have airships and they still dock at the Empire awesome. State Building. But uh, dirigibles, dirigibles, mm. indeed. You so don't get to trot that word like every day. to be, 
Last time I heard the word dirigible was in a song lyric written around 2009. Okay. We can talk about that later. <laughs> By Mumford and Sons. No, it's not. No. <laughs> um, to be fair, airships didn't really do that well, but maybe we'll... We'll get into that one. Is there some disaster related Can't, to airships? Yeah, uh, I'll have to look it up. Mm, you know, nothing that comes to mind. Staring at the Led Zeppelin <laughs> cover. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So at the time, it was the tallest building in the world. Right. Uh, it was actually the tallest building in New York City uh, until World Trade Center One was completed mm-hmm. in 1971. Okay, and that one was 417 meters. Yeah. So I guess they're not counting the spire. So like, if you remember, obviously you remember the World Trade Centers. That was like a big building, and the building itself went to 417 meters. Yeah, and um, it w- it's in the Lego set here too. And yeah, 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 the, yeah, yeah. The building itself is above the spire. That's right. Exactly. Yeah. Um. So. In a kind of morbid bummer way, the Empire State Building, it was the tallest building in New York City again between right. 2001 and 2012 right. when they completed work on the New World Trade Center. Um, so now, I like I kind of like this because the New World Trade Center, the building itself is 417 meters. Mm-hmm. With the spire, it's 541. Mm. So I kind of, like it's the same, the building itself is the same height as the original World Trade Center. Okay. And then it's got what I like to call the fuck you spire on top. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like, yeah, same height and here's some more. And here's some more. So. You think yeah. you've seen a spire? You don't know from spires. No, you sure don't. Yeah. Still not the tallest building in the world. That's, uh, that's in Dubai, Dubai. Yeah, in Dubai. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, so that's a, that was a bit about the Empire State Building. Okay. Sidebar. So, sidebar. Thanks. There's, there's another one coming. But that was that was, the, that was the first sidebar. That's all right. I got I got bars on bars. We're all, we're all about the sidebars within the sidebars. <laughs> so, coming back to the blitzing itself. So, uh-huh. if you remember, LaGuardia warns Smith about the conditions and advises landing. Okay. Smith's reply, uh, and the book says he says this laconically. So I'm going to try laconic. Roger Tower, thank you. <laughs> I don't know if, I don't want but like, this comes back to what. <laughs> it's probably about right. Maybe that level of sarcasm no. hadn't been achieved in the 40s. No, exactly. But like. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, but like, on, on a, like on a more serious note, I, I kind of, I, I hear it that way in my head because I think back to what I was saying before, like. Thinking back to the confidence you had when you're 27, year, 27 years old, mm. add to that that you've been, you're a combat veteran, you've flown bombers for two years yeah. at this point, and now like you're flying like from Boston to New York, yeah. and somebody's like, the weather's a little bad, yeah. you should land. And apparently those those bomber runs were like a death sentence. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'll, I'll give a quick sidebar. My, my great uncle who passed away last year, age 95, he flew, uh, I can't remember. He might've been in the little bubble, but, uh, right. he was in those planes and he said, every time you went out, you yeah. just sort of in the back of your mind, it was, I probably won't be coming back. Jesus. And you either dwelled on that and locked up with fear or you yeah. just went for it. Wow. And he wrote this, he didn't write it. Right. Someone interviewed him for the, the, it's the paper in Toronto, like the, the, like the star or no, mm, maybe not that. 
Globe and Mail, maybe. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, uh, about his experiences there, and and he had some crazy details. Wow. I can send you the link, but it's yeah, nuts. yeah, yeah. I want to read that. Like maybe he, we'll maybe we'll, saw. we'll link it in the description. Oh yeah, we should because it's it's like it, it, it was just chaos. Yeah, like he watched planes fly, in, like Allied planes fly right. into each other because there's no rhyme or reason, right? And he just he was watch this and go, oh oh well, jeez. So imagine, like, I imagine Smith was same kind of situation. Same kind of thing. So the you're weather's like, bad? Yeah, I got this. I got this, right? fellas. And uh, So what did he say? He, he said, Roger Tower, thank you. Laconically? Yeah. Let me give it a try. Yeah. Roger Tower, thank you. That's probably it's exactly what it was. That's what it was. <laughs> That's exactly, yeah. The breath and, like, you can hear Signing it. Signing off. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> anyway, um... <clears throat> So it's unclear exactly what happened, obviously, because we don't have like black boxes and GPS and stuff, but most likely what happened is that Smith got disoriented in the fog, drizzle, low cloud ceiling. That's probably what happened. he thought he was near Newark and preparing to land because his landing gear was down. Oh, okay. Which, (laughs) Did an overshoot? Yeah, a little bit, a little (laughs) bit. So at this point, people on the ground are starting to catch on. And last time, again, again, we had, uh, if you remember, we were talking about uh, Thucydides, the Greek historian, would give us like a, a lot of accounts. Oh, yeah, yeah. What's nice, nice, quote unquote, or what's <laughs> helpful Helpful about, there we go, thanks. <laughs> helpful about more recent disasters is that you get like eyewitness oh, yeah. accounts that are a little bit more like tangible. Yeah. So um, here's one from a guy named Vincent Galbo. It's, it's nice that the book has these names. This yeah. is what I'm saying too. Like you can like name a person. At the time, it's right. like, the standard ancient Greek, and now it's like yeah. Vincent Galbo. Here's I could a probably person, look him up. Yeah, who's on a census and yeah. whatever. Yeah, so anyway, he spotted the B-52 roaring by near the 22nd floor. He was in the building? No. He uh, was in a building. So this is, I think this might be a guy who was on the, on the like, just standing uh, on ground level. Oh, okay. But so 22nd around stories 22nd is, of... that's not so high. Like, no. 22nd stories, like, oh, I can see the wheels kind of thing. You might... The best baseball player in the world could throw a baseball that high. Pro- yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let's put it that, way. it that way. Let's do it. That's probably, probably not true. Don't look it up. <laughs> okay. don't, that's, that's a fact. Now. That's fact now. It's in, yeah, it's in, it's in there. Yeah. Um, but it's funny you should mention that other thing because people were torn from their desks by windows rattling and the roar of engines of a plane flying by way too low. Jesus. So like you're in your office tower, you're doing your legal clacking assistant work or whatever yeah, yeah. clacking away exactly <laughs> and then a plane like you're like take a break you lean back and you're like oh, i wonder what's going on outside <laughs> like that's not normal eye level like that's that feels a bit low yeah um and actually so people on the observation roof of the rca building at the rockefeller center oh, like yeah. right around that area yeah they saw the plane flying by a hundred feet below them Wow. So you're like up on, like you're looking at the skyline. So yeah, because he's coming in for a landing. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So they're up on the observation tower. <laughs> they're looking around like New York City landmarks. And then it's like, oh, there's a plane down there. Jeez. A rather big plane. Yeah. That's not a, about the size of a school bus. <laughs> at least the weight of one. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So without sugarcoating it, um, at this point, it's pretty fair to say that Smith knows that he's in some trouble. That's, Yeah. Um, I feel like that that there's look, no coming back from there's there's no 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 I don't know if laconicity the laconic voice that he had was probably gone at this point yeah it probably took a serious 180 yeah yeah a little bit a little bit more serious now yeah um and so 
like because he's looking out like he's flying he's looking out his windows and he sees skyscrapers on either side mm-hmm. like that's mm-hmm. you're looking for clouds you're not looking for windows yeah. when you're flying no so not not a good situation for him noise from the engines gets even louder this is from eyewitnesses again okay. because at this point he like he guns it and starts to try climbing right because mm. mm-hmm. <laughs> like what to, to be fair like yeah what else are you gonna do uh, yeah that but, would be the first yeah so even a seasoned pilot yeah go back up yeah, yeah, up, 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 up. Uh, and like you can imagine, it's already pretty loud because this plane is flying at the twenty-second story. Yeah, and now it's getting even louder because it's like these two like giant engines gunning it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Which, again, gunning the engine is not going to help him later on. Spoiler, but we'll get there. Okay, <laughs> shit. Um, so. The problem is, if you remember, though, he thought he was coming in for a landing, so his landing gears are out. Right. And landing gear down doesn't really help with your ascent. Like, if you've been oh, in a plane... it's going to be a drag. Yeah, you notice how when you take off a plane, it's almost like as soon as you leave the ground, they retract the landing yeah. gear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's because, like, yeah, literally, it's a drag. Because yeah. <laughs> you yeah. have the wheels down and you can't... Not very aerodynamic. <laughs> no, exactly. So, so that's not helping. Um, so people on the ground level... They're just like standing there, jaws open, mm-hmm. which to be fair, like what would you do? That's such like a, that's such a surreal thing. Whenever you see something somewhere, it's not supposed to be like that kind of plane. Yeah. Like, what do you do? You're just like, your mind can't even process it. It's, I would think it's not the instant sort of instinct to like a f- fight or flight. Like it's, yeah. it's neither. It's just kind of, duh. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That, that can't be right. Yeah, and that's, like, I guess the closest analogy or the closest touchstone we have is, like, when you see videos of, uh, like, the planes flying into the World Trade Center, Mm. like, when that first plane is flying towards it, like, Mm. you know, people are getting nervous, but there's no, like, freak, like, they're standing and staring, because it's like, that's low, uh, that's kind of strange, is that, what's going to happen here? Uh, I think we're, especially, well, yeah, people, we just have a sense of, Everything's fine. Everything's yep. the as it should be. Yeah. So when you see something that's so out of context and so not as it should be, yeah, can't process it. Like we don't have that sort of yeah uh, instinct. Yeah. To be it's like, not like in the movies where like yeah, it, like everything like, happens right away. This is wrong. I'm gonna react to it. Yeah. 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 And that actually tying into because this is during the Second World War and like. I'm just finishing up uh, the Hardcore History podcast on the First World War, okay. where they didn't even have a concept of things like PTSD and like whenever, oh, like oh. people would say shell shock, shell and shock. they're like, oh no, they're cowards, <laughs> right. is what they would say. Right, right. But it's just like that that idea of like, there's certain things that like just your mind isn't equipped, like it hasn't evolved to deal with. And then when it sees it, it's just like, nope, broken, yeah. Yeah. can't yeah. handle this. Yeah. And so like- this isn't on that extent because they're not necessarily in like a war zone, but no. still you're standing there staring because what else you like, it's just like, this is, I wonder if they process. thought that they were being invaded. Oh, maybe. Yeah. Like, Oh, maybe we, we, the thing we most feared is now happening. That probably crosses some minds. I'm sure. Yeah. Like, this is it. So, yeah. So it's like textbook, not being able to look away from a train wreck. It's like happening right, right in front of you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, this is, this was in the book, so I decided to include it. Okay. But it said that, like, Stan Lomax, he was a radio announcer, mm. uh, I guess during his broadcast, he chimed in with, climb, you fool, climb. Oh, man. Which, like, okay, it, it adds some, like, dramatic texture, but it's like, thanks, Stan. <laughs> yeah. Is that is that what he should be doing? <laughs> Just cheering him on. Like, I guess it, no, exactly. Like, maybe it speaks back to, like, not knowing how to process the situation. So right. whatever, like, you say whatever comes out of your exactly. mouth. Exactly. 
but it's just it's a little like, more eloquent than what I probably would have said. But. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was the forties. Yeah, they didn't have swearing. That's how everyone yet. talked exactly. <laughs> so then at nine fifty-five a.m. 28 July 1945, old John Feather Merchant, the B-52, slams into the side of the 78th and 79th floors of the Empire State Building. So, so it was 102 he was floors. Cli- he was climbing. He made it most of the way he, up. Yeah, he's getting there. How many like, floors are there? So, uh, 102. So I would guess uh, on our little visual aid here, it'll be on our social see. media, it'd probably be right around there. Yeah. Like right, like three quarters of the way up, basically. Uh, valiant Boom. effort. Yeah, Smith. he came close. Came but, close. Anyway, we'll get back to that. But first, I wanted to do sidebar number two. Okay. Again, to illustrate what kind of person we're talking about when we talk about, like, Smith. Okay. We're not talking about an incompetent pilot. We're talking about someone who had a ton of experience and just got turned around. And that, yeah. Sure. So I wanted to talk about, uh, have you heard of the Doolittle Raid? I have not. Okay. So it was a raid in the Second World, obviously in the Second World War, because we're talking about the 40s. Mm -hmm. It was commanded by Lieutenant Colonel Jimmy Doolittle. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he, he volunteered to lead a top secret attack on Japan in retaliation to Pearl Harbor. Okay. Uh, this might ring some bells at some point. Um, it, I think actually the movie Pearl Harbor <laughs> showed the Doolittle Raid. I, I don't know if you that movie. You should you skip it. Yeah. Don't. yeah. <laughs> it looks kind of dumb. You like Michael Bay movies? Uh, skip it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is that one of his movies? It is. I yeah. didn't even know that. He tried to do like a serious... Whatever. Yeah. And then he was like, ah, Transformers. <laughs> <laughs> Punch your weight, eh? Basically. Um, so it was 16 B-25 bombers. So 16 of these exact types right. of bombers. Right, uh, 80 airmen in total, which okay. is another like, that's, that's like, I don't know, maybe I should brush up on my modern history, but I feel like what's extra impressive about a lot of the stuff you hear about the Second World War is that you'll get things that's like 16 bombers, 80 crewmen. You have radio, but you don't have GPS. You don't have a lot of the modern stuff. You don't have night vision. Um, and it's just like they coordinate these things that are like, you fly this way for this long and then we'll get there. Yeah. And like even like artillery in the Second World War is all based on like charts and like oh, yeah. reports of where it's landing. Just fly for hours in yeah. darkness. Yeah. When the lights come on in the ground... And the anti-aircraft yeah, you, uh, bullets start flying at you. You know you're close. You'll know you're there. Yeah, basically. <laughs> yeah. It's, oh. And hang on to your hats. Yeah. So they so this raid targeted uh, Kobe, Yokohama, Osaka, and Nagoya. Okay. I think most of it, uh, oh, and, and Tokyo. Most of it was aimed, targeted at Tokyo. All right. Uh, so the plan was to fly over, fly over Japan, bomb the targets, and then land in friendly airfields in China. Okay. So they're taking off from the Pacific, like flying over Japan, bombing, yes. and then making it to China. Making a U-turn. And then they refuel and continue on to Chongqing, which I guess was a fairly safe area of China Okay. during the Second World War. Mm-hmm. Um, so they basically, um, so they made it to the Japanese targets. Another little bit of like texture to this, they actually had to leave early because the Japanese spotted them and caught on. So mm. like, and uh, just read about the, you should read about the Doolittle Raid. I, this isn't exactly what we wanted to yeah. talk about, but it's super cool because it's the first time that they flew these bombers off of aircraft carriers. Oh, okay. Imagine a school bus taking off of an aircraft yeah, carrier. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they didn't even know it would work. So they were like, this raid is up in the air until they tried it with one and it worked. And they were like, okay, we're doing it. Okay. <laughs> Which was another, anyway. So they, they hit their targets in Japan and they travel on to China. But the homing beacon that they were going to rely on in the airfields just didn't show up because mm. I think the guy on the ground, like it was too dangerous to actually light it up. 
Okay. So now, like, they hit the targets, and now they're like, all right. Mission accomplished. Uh, so now they're basically looking to take a bite out of a shit sandwich, because, like, they're flying <laughs> towards China, but they don't know where they're going to land. Right, right. So, best case, uh, you'll, you'll make it to Russia and land in relatively friendly airfields. Yeah. And one of the bombers actually did that. Okay. But then the crew got detained because Russia technically wasn't in the war with Japan, so they didn't want to get in. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Next best case is you bail out over China because you run out of fuel. You basically uh-huh. fly as long as you can yeah. and then just jump out of the plane. Yeah. And that's what most of them did. And then it's with the help of Chinese bet. guerrillas, they made it to safety. Great. Um, some didn't, and they got captured and eventually killed by the Japanese. Hmm. Um, and then the next best case is that you do the same thing, but you bail out over the East China Sea, and you get picked up by, like, your aircraft carrier, whatever. Hopefully. Yeah, all hopefully. <laughs> but it was actually, what's impressive is 80, 80 airmen in total, and only seven of them were captured and killed. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty so, darn good. Yeah, but all of this sidebar to talk to like the constitution of them, uh, these people that do it, because this is like an all volunteer raid, first of all. Okay. Uh, And this is exactly the kind of people that would be like Smith. Like they're just like, well, we got to get this done. So let's do it. Let's do it. And then it also obviously talks to the cockiness of Smith and that original laconic reply where it's like, he, he wasn't on this raid, but you can totally imagine one of these people being like, yeah, I bailed out over China after bombing Japan, and yeah. they made it back okay. Yeah. I think I can make it to. Yeah, this is this is nothing to me. Got this, <laughs> but he did not got this. So he's hit the he's hit the Empire State Building. Okay, the shit continues to hit the fan though. So okay. hitting it is like the start, basically. Okay. So eyewitnesses said at the moment of impact, there was basically silence and then a massive explosion. So oh, okay. this is almost like cinematic. Right. Like it happens, and obviously sound waves and stuff, but like there's the hit, and then boom. And we'll talk about the boom. Because the Empire State Building was rigged from the inside. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> False flag. You heard it here no. first. You heard it here first. <sighs> no. No. Not at all. Continue. No conspiracy <laughs> theories. So, a fireball shot upwards, and glass rained onto the street, basically. Okay. So, 10 office workers, Smith, the pilot... And his two passengers were instantly crushed or burned to death. Sure. And then a 14th person died later of their burns. Oh, God. So that's 14 people. Mm-hmm. One of the people killed... Oh, yeah, and this is kind of one of those morbid fascination things, but it's like one of the, one of the people that got killed were propelled out a window, and his body landed on a ledge seven stories below. Oh, wow. Which, that's another one of those things where it's like... It's one of those, like... A ledge of an adjacent building? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and oh it's it's God. just like it's bonkers because it's it's another one of it's like watching it's like you seeing the bomber fly high. It's like human life is so like sacred, but also still governed by physics. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, it's like you have Very this impact. Unkind physics, exactly. You have this impact, and then it's just like just as like you know anything else would, it flies out the others. Like this guy flies uh-huh. out the building and lands on a ledge. Like as fast as that plane is going and coming to a dead stop. Yeah, that's how fast you're gonna go. Exactly, physics. Dictates that, and can you? And ugh. guess what? Meat bag, not yeah. gonna, not gonna end well. No, and <laughs> it just in on the theme <laughs> of what we were talking last time of trying to put your put yourself in the shoes of these people. Like, mm. I don't even, I can't even imagine what it's like to be like sitting at your desk doing your job and then flying through the air. No, yeah, just uh, terrifying. Yeah. Um. So you might ask, how massive could the explosion have been? <laughs> how massive could the explosion have been? <laughs> <laughs> Do well. Tell. 
So like I said, the bomber was just the size of a school bus. It wasn't like the size of, uh, say, 767, right, which is right. what flew to the World Trade Center. Yeah. So, well, th- when the bomber wedged itself into the 79th floor, it kind of hit on an angle, and yeah. one of its engines tore off the wing and slid aclo- across the floor. So remember how I said he gunned it to try and climb? Yeah, yeah. So he has all of this momentum heading upwards, right. hits the building, and then one of the engines just goes into takes the building. off. Yeah. So he stops, plane cr- stops, engine keeps going. Yeah. And it was cranked. It was cooking. So basically it ignites a trail of fuel that's left, like it's sliding along and igniting the fuel behind it. Like uh, horrifying Lord. DeLorean. Right. Like just the <laughs> worst. But that's the image, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I that's, don't. yeah. Um, and the other thing, a so these DeLorean, right? Like it's just that that's, but that's the first thing that came to mind, but it's just awful. Yeah. Possibly because I'm staring at my back to the future DVD set right there. There it is. But anyway, so the other thing is these B-25 bombers carried oxygen tanks. Okay. Like a, a lot of them. Uh, okay. Um, so they spilled out of the bomber. Uh, onto the 79th floor and mm. oxygen tanks and fire don't really do well together. They so, don't mix well. No. So that fireball, that's where that came oh, from. Okay. Luckily, the other engine did no damage. Mm. No, it, no, it did. <laughs> so it burst through an elevator shaft. So it also detached. Okay. Uh, burst through an elevator shaft and plunged all the way to the basement. Wow. Trailing behind it 3,000 liters of ignited gasoline that turned the stairwells into fiery waterfalls down to the 75th floor. <sighs> So, like, that first one, like, DeLorean's out the side of the building. Yeah. The second one, like, finds its way into an elevator shaft <laughs> and just, like, takes this, like, trail of fire with it. Yeah. Swan dive from the depths of hell. Yeah. The... Jeez. Can you imagine being... No. Don't imagine being up there. No. It's horrifying. <laughs> like, we, we... Unfortunately, we have a more recent contextual example with, like, audio recordings that will scar you for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. But this is, like... That in yeah, the forties, yeah, yeah, like yeah. Jesus. So, um, oh no, sorry, I made a mistake. That was still the first engine. The first engine. Oh, it careened, careened and then found yeah. its way. No, exactly, Jeez. exactly. So the second engine also rips free, uh, and it crashes through the thankfully unoccupied seventy eighth floor. Okay. So this building is at this point like fifteen years old. So maybe there's like turnover. Um, and sure. like just nobody there yet, no one but there. it's empty. It's so thankfully ch- it's empty. Yeah. 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 And it breaks into chunks, uh, and flies out the opposite side of the empire state building. And it actually plunges through the roof of an also unoccupied adjacent building. Okay. So kind of sucks if you own that building, but yeah. luckily no one's, no one's there because <laughs> now there's an engine but in I'm it. sure it's catching but fire and for like the imagery. Exactly. It caught fire as well. So imagine like an arcing fireball through the sky. Going out the side of the Empire State Building and just into the adjacent building. It's unthinkable. No. I just I just think of a stupid Michael Bay movie. Yeah. But it's in that sort of with edits and like, yeah. like the, to picture that in real life, I, I, I can't do it. No. Can you, yeah. Like it like, just happened quickly and probably spectacularly yeah. yet anticlimactic. Yeah. Just... Yeah. Yeah. That's how things go in real life. Because it's exactly, especially like at this time, like nobody's, you don't have cameras everywhere and cell phones. And so nobody filmed this. No. And like, if you, you know how fleeting memory is, like you'll picture it. And every time you picture it, it's a memory of a memory. So it degrades. Instantly you've changed it in your your brain. Yeah. So yes. Bonkers. So let's talk about Betty Lou Oliver. 
Mm. Um, she was an elevator operator whose car was on the 76th floor. Okay. So one of the fragments of the second engine snapped the cable on her car, which goes into free fall oh. from the 76th story. Oh. I know, right? My nightmare. That's bad luck. Like, I, I, don't, I don't think about it when I'm in an elevator, but if I do think about it, I think about how high I am. I think about it every time I'm in an elevator. Yeah. <laughs> Like, especially uh, sometimes when, like, I'll go to a meeting, like, downtown or something. Mm. I guess because of the way the human mind works, maybe, like, you step into this box, and then you, f- like, it's just contextual. It's like, whatever, I'm standing in a box. Yeah. Um, until, and then, like, you know, you feel it moving around and stuff. Yeah. It's not always that I think about the fact that, like, I'm in a box that's now being propelled upwards. Yeah. And at any time, it could stop going up and start <laughs> going down in friggin' free fall from the 70s. Yeah. So it ends up in the basement. Okay. But here's some good news. Betty broke both her legs and her back, but survived. Wow. Yeah. Which. Incredible. Jeez. Uh, and she was actually saved by a Coast Guard that happened to be walking by the Empire State Building when it happened. Oh, man. Yeah. His name was Donald Maloney. Way to go, Donald. And then, actually, on top of that, he then ran up 79 flights of stairs and carried another survivor back down to ground level. <laughs> wow. 79 flights. Of st- he ran up 79 flights. <laughs> That's incredible. Yeah, I... <laughs> and then carried someone down. Jeez. It's the 40s, man. That's uh, some gumption. <laughs> yeah. Some grit. So, <coughs> amazingly, seven people survived the nightmare on the 79th floor. Wow. Because they flee to a room basically on the opposite side of the building. Okay. And they just, like... Barricade luck. Waited it out. I'm going to say luck. Yeah. Like they picked the right spot. Right, right. Because like they dodged the fiery inferno engine. Uh huh. And uh, yeah. So uh, obviously, on top of um, Donald Maloney, just like in 2001, the New York Fire Department were badass. They, they could only make it to the 67th floor by elevator, and they basically had to drag their equipment and hoses and everything up the stairwell the rest of the way. The, okay. So at least like. 10, 12 stories. Right. Uh, they put out the flames in like 40 minutes. Mm. Oh yeah. And this was another thing. Um, so one of the, one of the people that barricaded themselves in that one room, when the, when the plane hit, they were so sure they were going to die. One of them, she pulled a ring off her finger and threw it out the window just as a thing. Like, I don't know, this act of despair. I don't know. You know, you do weird things when you're, when you think you're screwed. Um, but anyway, so they, they put out the flames in 40 minutes and the firefighters actually found the ring on the street, <laughs> which is another one of those like, huh, is there anything right? they can't do? No, exactly. That's good. So in total, you asked about casualties, 1500 people made it to safety, uh, including 40 that were actually on the observation deck above the impact, which is also wow. amazing. Uh, and then only, f- only those 14 people that I mentioned were killed and 25 were injured. Jeez. That's, that's favorable. Yeah. I would say. Like that, that went for something like that. <laughs> but what about like the plane hit? Obviously it didn't go through or it just sort of like crashed yeah. and fell, there's, I'm assuming, into the pictures. street. No, there's pictures. It's like, and I, when I said like it wedged, it, seriously, it like. It stuck in? Stuck. Oh, it didn't fall? No. Oh. Yeah. How did they get it out? <laughs> That's actually a great question. <laughs> I didn't think of that. <laughs> but there's pictures, and maybe like okay. maybe we'll link to one. But there's pictures of it like stuck in the building, and like because My if someone start, start standing like, I guess the way it hit and the way the Empire State Building is built, like you can stand in one part, and somebody took a picture from that part of where the impact is. You okay. can see like workers standing there, and like wow. you see like the. 
the wings and stuff of the plane, like. So I imagine they had to like dismantle it somehow. I guess as much as they could. Yeah. Again, in However, the forties, jeez. But again, <laughs> probably not a lot of health and health and safety standards well, then. No, like, so they were get like, get out there and yeah. take that plane apart. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> and do it in. We built this building four and a half stories exactly. a week. So do that get this day. plane out of here. Yeah. <laughs> and you get back to work. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, basically, so that like thousands of New Yorkers will forever remember the horrifying sight of a B-25 bomber exploding into the side of the tallest building in New York City jeez. in 1945. And unfortunately, that'll be a bit of a premonition, but mm. like... But in this case, it's it's during a time of war. Yeah. But... Yeah. Just... Oversight, yeah, and like bad judgment. Bad judgment. I would say to a certain extent, like a kind of cockiness that is justified based on his experience. Yeah, sort of. It's yeah. it's, that, it and was, that's kind of what drew me to this one. What I found interesting is like, uh, I'm all I'm, I'm generally interested in the Second World War and like the mm. the people obviously that fought it. And it's the kind of you, you totally see where he's coming from. Oh yeah. Like you, you can totally see where he's like, this is flying in fog is not a problem for me. Right. At the same time, it's, it sort of speaks to a certain, like, don't take any situation for granted, be it, you know, being a part of the Doolittle. Yeah. Raid. Raid yeah. or flying from Boston yeah. to Newark. Yeah. You know, which I guess like that's where it, all this airline safety came from <laughs> so, I mean I imagine there was a lot of usually those kind of things come from tragedy and yeah a lot of regulatory reform probably came out of this yeah. <laughs> the other thing that also kind of like I just did, I was looking at a map and like just trying to figure out so at the time the Empire State Building was the tallest building by a bit in New York City right and he's flying from like so like Boston sort of up here maybe we'll post a map or something but like if you if you draw a line from like Boston to where he was flying to. Yeah. Um, like it passes through New York city, mm -hmm. but like, it's, it's like you've got this sea of buildings that are more or less the same height. And then you have this one kind of sticking out. Yeah. How do you, how do you hit that? Like <laughs> what are the odds of like hitting that specific? I know. You know, right. Well, especially since he was so low to the ground. Yeah. Yeah. Some like there, pretty... there's so many other things that he could have hit. Yeah. Um, and I'm wondering, there's this sort of phenomenon, I guess, from like, a, uh, it comes up a lot in like, uh, athletes training regimens and stuff and just like the the way that you uh, say say like well, in, it, come, it came up in archery is where I'm, where I'm thinking of specifically okay. where like it was somebody talking about the mentality of like hitting a target yeah, and how if you want to hit a target avoid any kind of negative language so okay. like if, if you're if you're flying if you're if say like you're you want to hit the bullseye mm. if you're using the words don't miss mm. That's already like, that's, you're feeding your mind two negative words. Okay. So you're going to miss, right? Okay, yeah. Whereas if you feed yourself the words like hit it or right. like on target, something positive, you're more likely to hit the target. Okay. And in the same way that like, you know, when you're driving a car, you kind of drive where your eyes are. Yeah. So those things together, I think maybe might explain why he kind of like ended up hitting this one landmark. Because uh -huh. I imagine like you're flying and you're like, I, like, I don't want to hit that. Don't hit. That's don't already hit. two negatives. Don't hit. And you're like staring at it. Like he, I guarantee <laughs> he was staring at the Empire State Building and yeah. like telling himself not to hit it. Yeah. And like subconsciously, it's like that could have been like pulling him towards it. A subconscious tractor beam. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Because any other building, he probably would have cleared it. 
Yeah, could like be. In the city. Yeah. Like if it was that much taller. Yeah. And he made it 76, yeah, he probably would have just yeah, yeah, maybe yeah. taken out a spire. Exactly. Yeah. It's too bad. So anyway, maybe maybe we'll post a link to the map with like a line on it or something. Because I, that's kind of what, what baffled me a lot about this mm-hmm. was like, mm-hmm. it's a relatively like small target. What, what, what would, what would the odds be of right. hitting it? Right. I, yeah. I think maybe panic might've had something to do with that too. Yeah. Like just, yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, well, so that's, that's the bomber blitz in New York city. That is a disaster. That is a disaster. Indeed. How about the music that it made us listen to? You want to go first or should I go first? Uh, well, for consistency, I guess I'll go first. All right. So, uh, my first thought was to sort of think of the music of the time which I don't really know what it would have been, some kind of like that kind of New York City kind of flapper. Right. Kinda. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, who wants to listen to that? Nobody. <laughs> so I like it. I like it. <laughs> um, I told you before, mine is really on the nose. Okay. Uh, I went with, it's a German band okay. called Einsterzein Neubauten. Okay. Which means collapsing new buildings. Okay. Or new buildings falling down or something. <laughs> all right. So, yeah. All right. But it's uh, it's a song. It's not so much a song as it is a, a performance because it's not on any of their albums. It's a video and it's called Autobahn okay. and it's them in this sort of setting. Uh, 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 it's like a junkyard or something. Uh, I think it's from 1984 or something, but their, their thing was they were one of the early sort of industrial bands and they really put the industrial and industrial they would like beat on pieces of metal and like shopping carts were a big thing and just like but this video is them just beating the crap out of different pieces of metal and machinery and this and that and uh (laughs) there's even one guy like digging okay (laughs) and i gotta think it's mic'd or something right just he's just digging a hole (laughs) um and that's part of the song okay or the piece or whatever it is but i remember seeing it when i was getting into like like for me metal was sort of the gateway into like sort of extreme and obscure music and then from there it was like give me the weird stuff give me yeah yeah." and that at the time like i would see it on on much music which is like the canadian mtv and like city limits which is the alternative show (laughs) and it was just so extreme like i couldn't deal with it because the sound of it is just chaos like it sounds (laughs) like a building collapsing and this sort of they always almost always were would sing in their in their native German so right, just right this guy like yelling and intoning over it and I don't know what he's saying right uh, you know someone who spoke German would but right. it is crazy now I I really enjoy and appreciate it but at the time it was it was too much like I thought that was ex, as extreme as music could get right little did I know but at 14 or 15 I was like oh that's too much yeah but uh, as far as the soundtrack of the kind of chaos that you described today, yeah. it, I think it works. Yeah. So I'll, I'll send you a link to that awesome. video. It's on YouTube and sweet. You can check it out. Yeah. We'll link it too. We'll link it. Um, so mine. Over to you. Sounds like kind of went in the opposite direction. Okay. Weirdly. <laughs> I don't know if I overcorrected from last week or what. <laughs> or less. From black metal? Yeah. So I went with a band called Oh Hiroshima. Have you heard of them? Nope. I've okay. not heard of them. So they're formed in 2007. Okay. They're from uh, Sweden. Okay. Uh, four dudes, and they're like they're post rock. Okay. And uh, we talked about you just getting into Mogwai. Yeah. Recently, yeah. After 
me like I remember when I first discovered post rock. Hmm. Uh, probably like two thousand four or something. Okay. I've been listening to like a lot of indie rock, and then when I discovered a band, when I discovered Mogwai and yeah. Do Make Say Think, right? I started listening to them, and I'm like. Whoa, it's like the music I like, but no words. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I thought it was so like groundbreaking. Yeah. It, it, it is in a lot of ways, but like, it's just like at the time, it's something so different. Well, we, yeah, it, yeah, it opens up a whole new door of, yeah. oh, the music um, is sort of the lyrical element. Yeah. So having said that, these guys do use some vocals, okay. <laughs> but it's like very <laughs> subtle. Right. Um, it's kind of like some subdued electronic stuff to it too. Okay. Uh, they're on Napalm Records. Hmm. Which actually turns out have like a lot of black metal bands hmm. and Hoobastank. <laughs> <laughs> you remember Hoobastank? Oh yeah, the reason. Yeah, yeah. I rewatched that video and I was like, ah, I love that. Song. <laughs> I know, right? Because the first li- <laughs> it's about a guy who screwed up, and the yeah. first lyrics like, I'm not, not a, a perfect. <laughs> like, oh, I'm not perfect. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Look. <laughs> Uh, you know, that was weird. I was like scrolling through their discog or their like band list, right. like that. One of these things is not like the other. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so in their latest album, but I think it's it's like in 2015 at this point, is In Silence We Yearn. Hmm. And the song I picked is, picked is called Ellipse. It's the first track on the album. Okay. It's like a very mellow, atmospheric kind of thing. Uh, and the reason that I picked it is because when I was reading this story, it's sort of like, I picture this happening, I focused less on the less on the chaos and more on the surreal nature of what was going on. Right. And in my mind, this track came came to me as like the soundtrack of what would be like a silent montage of like Smith trying to avoid the building and right. then crashing and then like I'm picturing like super slow-mo of like the engines and igniting their fire and stuff. The yeah. imagery like it conjures some like really morbid but like just bizarre imagery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Would be like again cool in a morbid way. Right. Like kind of almost cinematic. Yeah, just anyway. Um so and it also kind of like uh yeah, it, it, that just that's that's how where I came from. It's just a very like surreal and atmospheric. Uh probably also I realized maybe a little bit of word association because they're their band name is Ohiroshima right, and then right, Second right. World War stuff like that but it's yeah mostly it just came to mind because yeah just like good soundtrack to like this silent montage right chaos right. chaos and yeah yeah so yeah those are the recommendations you probably heard a bit as we were talking about them and we got links to everything um, so next time mm. next time we're going to be getting nice and toasty in 17th century London hmm nice and yeah. toasty nice and toasty <laughs> Gotcha. So get your your song picks ready, uh, and we'll be back next time, because this has been a disaster. Mm. Cheerio. Cheerio.